welcome to episode 20 of Train Station at 8. We've saved you a seat. This episode is going to be about the SNES, also referred to by some as the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, but not very many. Some people call it the SNES 2, don't leave them out. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point, but I, I don't like to associate with those people, Stephen. Um, no, I'm bad the, news yeah. for you. Uh-oh, here <laughs> we all our guests. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> I am your host, Brian Kelly. This is a video game music podcast focused on conversation and discussion. And joining me for this today is my brother, Stephen Kelly. Hi, Stephen. How you doing? Hello, my brother, Brian Kelly. I'm doing great today. Awesome. And repeat guests from episode five. So very early guests, <laughs> Joe and Christina Walker. Hello, guys. How you doing? Hello. Hello. We are good. Good. You can speak for both of you? You have that permission? I, I think so. I think, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's in the marriage contract. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you got all this sorted out beforehand. <laughs> that's great. So, Joe, you run a YouTube show about retro games. I do. Uh, my show is called The Backlog, um, mm-hmm. and it's all about uh, obscure and forgotten retro games uh, that are still cheap and easy to find. Perfect. Um, yeah, I'm actually now featured on uh, RetroWareTV.com, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I see you guys a lot around the Twitter, um, so that's always a lot of fun. And I'm sure you uh, you review plenty of uh, SNES games. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a great system, so I always love going back and uh, you know introducing people to games that they might have you know walked by at the thrift mm-hmm. store many times. Right. Yeah. I I wish I went to thrift stores that had video games, but I typically don't. They aren't really around here. The only like I, retro game store locally is like thirty minutes down a highway towards downtown, which is a bummer. Uh, I feel like there there have got to be more that we just don't know about. Just Houston is so scattered, ca- caved in around itself that you can't really find anything unless right. you're really looking hard for it. Exactly. Um, but we talked we talked about the SNES a good deal last time you guys were on the show. I yeah, think. well, our episode yeah. was on, like, all retro gaming consoles. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the SNES was, like, one we kept going back to, and we keep referencing it in other episodes, so I'm kind of happy that we, we can give it a, a full treatment this time. <laughs> exactly. This is actually going to be our first episode about a specific console, I believe. You're right. Why did we not make the first one about the Genesis? Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 20 about the Genesis. All right. Uh, So let's jump in here. We have an eight-question format here on Train Station at 8. So let's go on to question number one. What have you been listening to? Any type of music, video game or otherwise. Joe, Mm -hmm. go ahead. Uh, I've actually been listening to a lot of uh, Dragon Ball music. Um, Oh, right. You're working on that episode, right? (laughs) Yeah, the next episode of my show is about... I don't know why I decided to do six games in one episode. I just see all these I tweets did. about you working like crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's consuming me, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to, uh, like when I've been at work, I'm listening to a lot of uh, Dragon Ball music to keep myself right. in the mood. But um, cool. the game soundtrack I've been going back to a lot is uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, yeah. That's been uh, going on repeat. Uh, Hitoshi Sakamoto is my favorite game composer so i love that soundtrack so a lot. what's I've, I've heard that name very recently like what other stuff did he do uh he's done all the uh the ivalice games uh for squaresoft so like vagrant story final fantasy 12 right. uh the fi- other final fantasy tactics games <laughs> uh, oh, right yeah. yeah he's got a really distinctive style that i, I like a lot awesome that's that's very cool I, i've never actually played final fantasy tactics which i guess isn't surprising since there are many many final fantasy games i haven't played but like what 
how would you describe like the the general vibe of that music? Is it is it more like battle focused or militaristic than normal Final Fantasies or what? Uh, it's. I'm, hmm. I would it, say it's more medieval and yeah. kind of. Mm. Yeah, um, it's got like a lot of a lot of strings. Um, it's more about setting the tone and kind of putting you in that frame of mind rather than, you know, here's a really intense battle theme. It's more strategic like, thinking. Yeah, and, more yeah. St- more strategical thinking, and like you know, you're you're in this medieval world rather than. You know, just here's a bunch of guitars for your battle theme. Yeah, uh, summons some and crazy stuff happening all over. Yeah, some right. of my favorite RPG soundtracks come from Fire Emblem games, which are very similar genre mm-hmm. to uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. So I'd be curious how they compare. Uh, well, that's that's kind of I feel like that's a weird blind spot for us because we played Tactics over a while ago, right? And we've yeah. gone through Final or not Final Fantasy Fire, Fire Emblem, and even getting out of the fantasy genre kind of with Advance Wars, but totally skip tactics. Yeah. One of those things I want to go back to. It's worth it. It, it holds up. It's still really, really, really good. Nifty. Great. Um, so is that about all you've been listening to? Dragon yeah. Ball? Yeah, that's it. I tend to just kind of latch onto a couple things at a time and, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's over and over. So that's all I've been doing. Very cool. Uh, what about you, Christina? Um, I've mostly been listening to uh, Sailor Moon music, actually, because the new anime series just started a couple weeks right. back, and the old series has been running on Hulu, and I'm getting pretty hyped up about the Blu-ray release that's coming up soon, um, so I've been listening to a lot of the, the old vocal songs from the original series. Is that like J-pop, or like what kind of um, genre? Yeah, it's, it's mostly J-pop style. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I really. I always enjoy when I like get into a JRPG and it just starts out with some crazy J-pop song that's absolutely <laughs> unlike the rest of the game entirely. Yes. I always get really amped. <laughs> I enjoy um, that. That's neat. I I only know one song from Sailor Moon. Really, and it's the new the new series theme song. Mm. Oh, that single I, actually just came out today. Oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. The full it, version. I thought it's real good. I know nothing about the series, but. I only heard the song once, and I was, like, singing it back to myself through the entire rest of the day. I don't know what it was about it. It's really catchy, yeah. It's a really good song. <laughs> it really is, yeah. It was, Yeah, so that's that's Sailor Moon history with Steven. <laughs> so I guess we know what you've been listening to recently, Steven. Uh, well, I, I didn't say I've been looping it since, but... Okay. Um, <laughs> well, it, it, anything else... I don't want to cut off. Oh, right. oh no. Um, I mean, aside from Sailor Moon, I'm just addicted to Persona music. Oh, like three or <laughs> yep. four? Uh, um, three and four. I've been listening yep. to a Best of album just came out recently, so I've kind of had that on repeat. Awesome. I love Persona Three soundtrack. I'll yeah, it's really, it's really great. I'm still playing through Portable. I think I'm like a little more than half. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we kind of. I don't know. We kind of got. Distracted, I guess. Well, we were we really have enjoying a terrible this. track record of finishing JRPGs. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was years before we even finished one. Um, mm-hmm. Somehow we made it to the end of Tales of Asperia. Still <laughs> proud of us for that one. Yeah. Um, but I actually recently ordered um, a physical copy of the Persona 3 soundtrack. Oh, nice. Um, with a bunch of other game soundtracks from, from someone who was selling it on... Um, it was actually through a uh, video game... Music database. I don't know if oh, you guys okay. are familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, um, I've been there. Yeah, and um, I'm just so excited for that to get here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the one I'm really excited that you got in all of that was the Metroid Prime collection. Ooh, oh, man. very cool. 
Well, it's Metroid Prime uh, Plus Fusion. Oh, that was like oh, a specific nice. wow. collection that came out a while ago. That's awesome. And I actually got a really good deal on it, and I'm pretty excited. Right. Um, so I'm sure I'll be talking about all those soundtracks soon. <laughs> so I, what I've been listening to lately is Steven's screams of glee as he's been uh, <laughs> there is looking up the place. So. <laughs> I got a little... I got in over my head. I went yeah. in there for Metroid and came out with seven soundtracks. <laughs> so... <laughs> yep. But as for what I've been listening to recently, yep. Um, I've been listening to the Chameleon Twist yes. soundtrack. Yes. Nice. That game's the great music. It does. It it caught both of us off guard with that <laughs> super jazzy, like six minute long Antland theme song. Yeah. <laughs> I was what? I was totally surprised when it just started jumping into like a keyboard solo. I'm like, they do know this is just like a little. In 64 platformer, right? They don't have to do this. Yeah, it's like sad that the vast, vast majority of our species will never hear the Antland theme. <laughs> well, I did an actually... episode on my show about that game, so I'm doing my part to spread the word. Yeah, exactly. We're doing our part together. Um, we'll yeah, I actually remember seeing that show. Brian actually uh, bought that game for my birthday, which was uh, a few days ago. Among others, I'm not a terrible brother. <laughs> among, among many um, and I'm like oh did you hear about this from the backlog and he's like no was this on the backlog <laughs> that's a weird coincidence I didn't think he discovered that on I his own I didn't think it was good enough when I looked it up to be on the backlog because it just seemed so obscure and like uh, I didn't had no idea if it was actually like people enjoyed it or not when I picked it up I just liked how it looked and sounded um, yeah, so what do you like think about it? It's sister's favorite game. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's how I heard about it, is they had a copy, and I played it. I was like, this is really good. I want to do an episode on this. All right, this goes deep, so I have Christina's sister to thank for this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the actual game really went up and downhill for both of us. I, the it got level. kind of frustrating. Kid level. Yeah, it, that got frustrating. Oh, but the I will... one? Yeah. That's the hardest one in the game. Yeah. It was so hard. Oh, my yeah. God. I actually, I went downstairs and watched some Avatar because I couldn't deal with it anymore. <laughs> that Brian forged through. But I am, I am, I think I've had enough of hearing, uh, 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 for the time being. Yeah. But that was a fun, silly game. Cool. Um, uh, what, what else have I been listening to? I feel like it, it's been more playing games mm. than listening. Um, oh, but Green Hill Sessions came out. Um, on Overclocked Records, which is oh. the official, um, basically music label of OC Remix, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and it's a, it's a very very fun uh, arrangement of the Sonic One soundtrack. Oh, nice! Um, by Jive Master. I hope I'm getting that right. I think it's <laughs> Jive Master who did that. Um, and I mean, I'll be the first to say that. To be honest, I'm really tired of people covering Sonic One. Even. I'm pretty yes. sure I'm not the first to say that. Well, I was, I'll be in the first line of this. I won't be the people caught snaking outside down the sidewalk. Sure. Um, I love the Sonic... Yeah, no, never. Right. Um, I do like the Sonic 1 soundtrack a lot, mm-hmm. but I actually feel like Sonic 2, 3, and Knuckles, and some of the later soundtracks are better. Um, and so I'm kind of sad when people just go back to Green Hill or Spring Yard Zone over and over again and never do anything else. Well, it's the Mega Man 2 Sonic games. It kind of is. Um, <laughs> you're right. Uh, but that said, it is a very creative and fun to listen to album, so I have no right. qualms with the actual quality of uh, of the music. 
Awesome. Uh, so that's been very fun. Man. Uh, uh, and the, really, the only other thing is, of course, I'm going back to Sonic Generations, which is just a constant, hmm. uh, which I love because it remixes all of the music from Sonic from the Sonic series. Yeah. So, good on that. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that soundtrack. Uh, oh yeah. We still so need to what, decide if we're going to buy that autographed coffee or not. <laughs> uh, wait, what do you mean decide? Did we buy that autographed coffee? You said yes. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. We still need to wait for that to arrive in the mail. Yeah. The one of the one of the many things I can't wait to arrive <laughs> in the mail. All right. All right. So Brian, what have you been up to? Oh man. Well, I've been listening to Chameleon Twist, of course. Um, yep. I've also yep. been listening to a ton of like different video game music on the Mercado Brothers soundtrack or uh, podcast. Um, oh. Our fellow video game music podcasters. I've just been going through their backlog. No pun intended. Recently, yeah. <laughs> and, and listening to all their old episodes, and they're fantastic. Um, That's great. Fire Emblem, uh, an episode where they just bring their favorite stuff and play it. Uh, an episode where their listeners submit stuff. Uh, it's been really neat. It just they give a lot of good insight that most people don't unlike. Not just about the game and the era and what what it sounds like emotionally, but they like they understand like the music theory behind what they're listening to, and it's really mm-hmm. interesting to hear them talk about that sort of thing. Um, partially because the other thing I've been listening to a lot lately is um, a bunch of old, just games from the past, like, 20 years of our, or 15 years of our gaming history, because I put together that thing for your birthday, where I recorded the 15 covers of different video game music, uh, one from each console uh, that we bought, and, like, mixed them all together into a medley. Um, So I've been listening to a lot. Yeah, go ahead. the train station audience does not know about this yet. Right, we you're right. We talked about on, disembodied voices, I think. Right. Um, and so, for our birthdays every year, Brian and I try to one-up each other, essentially, making creative projects. Um, this time, Brian had spent a month secretly crafting, like you, like you just said, a medley of, like, the 15 consoles that we've owned over the last 15 years. Right. And, like, one game, one song per console, all put into, like, one big 15-minute track. Well, it's been difficult, because to record, I have, like, my guitar, uh, drum machine, and a Yamaha keyboard. I don't have a yeah. fancy setup yet, so it took no. a, lot of, uh, a lot of interesting doings to make enough variety and to also, you know, capture the sound of all these games we love so much. Hmm. Uh, well, that's what caught me off guard, because you have not done music production on any scale near this, no, at all. It was, like, I mean, it was, almost, it was a way to push myself forward in music production, for sure. Right, um, and we'll, we'll be putting it up somewhere, probably on our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, um, I've gotten it uploaded to YouTube, so I can find it. It was there. just... Wait, did we uh, did we talk about uh, Lost Vikings with you guys, how the music was all slow at the beginning? I can't remember if that was the podcast you were on. Mm. Well, back when we played Lost Vikings for the first time on the PC, um, the our sound card wouldn't play it right, so the entire theme song was played, like, slowed down to, like, Oh, yes, half I think speed. that was with us. I'm, I think yeah, I that story that does story. sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it... Yeah. Amazingly, like, the whole medley Brian created started off with a rendition of that song at that speed. <laughs>
<laughs> and so fantastic. I was just already <laughs> loving it from the very beginning. Of course, I'm biased. It's specifically geared towards me. Oh, yeah. Well, it was our everything. most memorable games from each yeah. console. Yeah, like I did Sonic Adventure 2, um, Nights into Dreams, lots of different stuff. Um, have you guys ever heard the basement theme from Resident Evil uh, Shock Edition on the PlayStation? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Is that the director's cut version of the game? Yes. I yes. had that when I was younger. I can't remember okay. what the song was now, but All right, I've, well, I've heard it at some point in my life. <laughs> I'll send it to you after the show, and you need to listen to and Steve, you need to link it in the show notes, because it is the worst piece of video game music ever composed. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to hear it. I won't, I won't go into how, but that's what I did for the PlayStation, and it was fun. And whatever you're imagining in your heads right now, it's worse than that. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely need to see it after. I don't know. I know some pretty bad video game music, so... Shall we get well, into we'll Doom have, on the we'll, what, 3DO, was it? Oh, no. Oh, God. 32X. 32X, that was I it. I don't want to talk about this again. <laughs> we need to have, like, a, a rap battle, but instead of rap, we just put horrible video game music forward. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, but, yeah, just listening to a lot of stuff in prep for that, deciding what I was going to do and that sort of thing. Um, Great. And, yeah, that, that's most of what I've been listening to, so we can get into the meat of our topic here. Um, the SNES. Uh, I hate myself now, because I just said that. <laughs> okay, what is your history with the SNES? Um, Steven. Oh, me? Um, well, uh, I didn't own many video games growing up. We don't need your impoverished childhood, we just... <laughs> <laughs> that... <laughs> In the 90s, during the Great Depression, we didn't own very many video games because our parents were staunchly against them. They thought every video game was Mortal Kombat. Um, And so I had to play games at friends' houses for the most part. And those friends tended to own the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. So I had a very traditional um, upbringing when it comes to that era. Uh, Mario Kart, Donkey Kong Country, Mario World... Um, Power Rangers, all of the classics. Yes, um, indeed. And so I, I really didn't have much of an appreciation appreciation for music back then um, at all. So Donkey Kong could have probably been playing Resident Evil Director's Cut, and I would might have not noticed. <laughs> um, but that was my that was my introduction to the SNES, and I played it for many happy hours. Right? Yeah, I mean, it was really late until we actually bought one. Last year for your birthday, I got you a SNES. Yep, so. it's been that long. We worked so, with an SD twin for a while, but it went out. Uh, and we also wanted the actual thing after that. So, yeah. Uh, what about you, Joe? Uh, I was actually a Sega kid growing up. Um, cool. My best friend at the time had a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So when my parents decided that they were going to get me a new console, because we had just the NES, I decided I was going to get a Sega Genesis so we could both we could each have one and then we kind of stopped being mm-hmm. friends. I, but, uh, I did have some access to Super Nintendo. I didn't get my own until after I had played final fantasy seven on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to play Chrono Trigger. So, mm-hmm. um, I didn't get my own Super Nintendo until probably about, mm, I don't know, 1999, 2000. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I've been a fan since then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, uh, what about you, Christina? Um, I got my SNES for Christmas, um, the year it came out, actually. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, I was really big into video games since my dad got an NES when I was, like, two. So, <laughs> um, and I remember with it, I got uh, Turtles in Time and uh, Mickey's Magical Quest. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, two really, really great games. So it started the system off uh, 
really well for me. And um, yeah, it's my favorite system. I still play oh, really? it a lot. Yeah, it's my favorite. Uh, I, I kind of occasionally I'll say the N64 is my favorite, but I think, no, the SNES is really the favorite. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the the reason I would say the N64 is my favorite is because that was my first video game console I owned. Gotcha. So yeah. it's sort of entrenched in my mind, but I'm not going to argue that the SNES probably has a better library if you're going to be all objective Steven, about remember, it. remember, Chameleon Twist is on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> Ooh, that's our good point, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like three of my favorite games are on N64, but then like... What are those? Oh, the N64 favorites? Yeah. Um, Banjo-Kazooie, Mystical mm-hmm. Ninja starring Goemon, and Diddy Kong Racing. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I've wanted to play that Mystical Ninja game. It's Oh, it's so great. Yeah, it looks really neat. Is that the side-scroller or the 3D platformer? That's the 3D too. platformer. Oh, okay, yeah, it was kind of expensive. Adventure. It's like around 35 or something on, on Amazon. Oh, is so. it really? Yeah, but I did want to try it, for sure. It's, re- it's really good. It's worth it. Um, but yeah, the N64 has like three of my favorite games, but the SNES has like a bajillion that I love. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, especially if you like JRPGs and platformers. Then exactly. It's a good console. Um, all right, then. So on that on that note, question number three, what is your personal standout soundtrack from the SNES? The, the problematic part of this question <laughs> is that it is not a plural. Um, you want me to pick yeah, one, one soundtrack? Specifically. Because I know I'm, when I give you a plural, Stephen, you take that really far. That's super <laughs> true. You're the guy who went in to buy one soundtrack and bought seven. <laughs> so. Well, I, I have my answer, but I'm not, I feel like I do a lot of the talking around here, so I'm going to let someone else go first. All right. Is your answer Donkey Kong Country? Yes. All right, so that's us. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> um, my standout is Earthbound. Um, mm. And the answer actually came right to me, but then I thought about it more, and I think I consider it the standout because... I think that soundtrack can only exist on the Super Nintendo hardware. Like, really? you know, everybody likes, you know, Final Fantasy soundtracks and everything. And I think you can do those like in an orchestra mm-hmm. and it's yeah. the same song. But I don't you couldn't do that with Earthbound's music. Mm-hmm. I think the Earthbound yeah. soundtrack is great because it exists solely in the Super Nintendo hardware. That's a really good point. It's like, it's one of those rare soundtracks that isn't trying to be something else, that isn't smashing samples onto the SNES out yeah. of necessity. It's actually using that hardware to be its, itself. Right. It, it's such a weird game, so they made such a weird soundtrack, and it, I don't know, it's just, it's its own thing, and there's nothing else like it. Yeah, that's really an interesting answer. I never really considered that, partially because I still haven't played Earthbound. Oh, oh, come on. Yeah, but <laughs> now that it's, you know, console now. Exactly. Now that it's on We own it now. Console. It oh, was good. a Nintendo, Club Nintendo Rewards, so yes. we own it. Perfect. Excellent. I really want to. It, gotta, gotta get on that. And the amazing thing is, because the references and stuff to it are so weird, I know, still know nothing about it. So, like, <laughs> it's not like I'm in spoil. I don't know Eris dies or whatever. I don't know the spoiler <laughs> for Earthbound, so I'm really curious to try it. Um, Here there are yo-yos. I hear there are yo-yos and oh, I do know there are yo-yos and baseball bats and little kids <laughs> with psychic powers. So hey, uh, what about you, Christina? This is really a hard question for me because mm-hmm. Earthbound is my favorite game of all time. But uh, Joe already said that, so I have to pick <laughs> something else. Um, so I would probably go with Chrono Trigger. A good choice. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't even know how to explain how special that game was to me at the time. I think it, I think I played it 
before Earthbound, actually. I think it was one of my first couple of RPGs I ever rented at the store. Mm. Um, but, oh, that soundtrack, it's just, it has such a range of emotion in it. And the composer, uh, Mitsuda, he's wonderful. That, I actually, I haven't played very much Chrono Trigger. It's really? JR- JRPGs in general big blank spot for Brian and I. Right? Oh. Like, so, well, one very difficult part is we didn't grow up playing them, so right, going right. back to them requires so much time that it's very difficult for us to like catch up on ten Final Fantasy games. Sure, uh, yeah, they take a while. And there are just so many. Uh, but Stephen, what were you saying? Um, I, I was going to say I'm... I tend to know a number of the songs just because, you know, we played, I don't know, the first three hours of it. Right. And, and there are um, a lot of remixes. And... Right. But I never really got it until I heard the video game's live rendition. Mm. Uh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, for some reason in this context, these melodies are making more sense to me. I'm really getting why people love this so much. Yeah. Mm. And you're right, Christina. It's just like quivering with emotion. It really is yeah. something special. That's really interesting, actually, that not having experienced all the places that game takes you, you can just hear the music and still get that out of it. Right. And I'm sure, I don't know the context, that's very true, but sometimes you can just tell with songs, like you can just, just something... I mean, that's true for me with the Nier soundtrack as well, a more recent example. I've never played that game, but the soundtrack is still phenomenal, and you can tell, like, you can still get so much emotion from the music, even without knowing the context of the emotion in the story. Exactly. And I think that's a mark of a really good score. Absolutely. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. I would be really curious what what the Earthbound soundtrack would tell someone without (laughs) having experienced Earthbound. From the limited amount I've heard, (laughs) I still couldn't tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, And I just think it's so weird that there's nothing Earthbound in Smash Bros. yet. Um, have they not announced uh, anything? We saw Mr. Saturn in a, in a screenshot or two. Okay, cool. There. So we know there's going to be some Earthbound. <laughs> That's good. Mr. Saturn is a classic item. You know, Competitive yeah. players are mad about Mr. Saturn. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, then. Did, did we Mr. go to Saturn this, Stephen? Oh, right. No, Stephen, since I chose Donkey Kong Country, you can choose one of your many other uh, standout okay. soundtracks. Okay. <laughs> um, if I can't go with Donkey Kong Country, I think... I would probably go with Super Mario World. <laughs> yeah, it's a good choice. And it's interesting. I feel like compared to some of the um, later games on the SNES, it's actually fairly simple. Well, much yeah, all the Super Mario World is really rudimentary when you get down to it. It's like simplicity. Oh yeah, but you can't really deny those um, the melodies that that game invented. And as we've talked to. Um, Will and Carl Brueggemann, uh, the Mercado Bros, in fact, quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of ragtime in there. There's um, sometimes, especially, oh man, the standout song I really wanted to talk about was the castle song. Right. Mm. That's one of those songs that, if you're not listening, it's just background castle music. But the second you stop and pay attention, it's like this incredible dramatic orchestra that you would not think should belong in a Mario game. It, like, has yeah. this true, true. ostentatious... Something you pointed out that um, that I found interesting is it takes, like, a minute and a half to get past the intro into, like, the main melody, which for this soundtrack is crazy. Like, that is one long... It is. Mm. It, it really is. 
Gods. Um, and it, it kind of has this air of classical culture. And it builds that, a tension really well, which is what those castles should be doing. Uh, and the, Well, it's the same with the ghost houses, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the, the instrumentation that Koji Kondo used for that. It just kind of gets under your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a yeah, good pick it, for sure. I think, I think the, the reason I'm putting it on here is because for many years, I just loved it because of the tunes that were whistleable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> later on, I realized that these are not just whistleable, but they're actually brilliantly constructed, and they're, they're just fun to well, analyze. It's always so. great when you have those great childhood memories, and instead of going back and saying, oh, these aren't as good as I remember, you go back and say, oh, wait, this is why I liked it. Because yeah. <laughs> there was a depth here that I didn't even get when I was a kid. And that's the, the best of games and the best of movies and any real entertainment you had from when you were a kid. And Mario World but definitely it, stands that test. But it's still totally. not as good as Donkey Kong Country. Exactly, which is my thing. <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong Country stands that test threefold. I think Donkey Kong Country is one that maybe even as a kid you wouldn't even fully appreciate the melodies mm. um, until you go back to them later. And my gosh, is that soundtrack wonderful. And just, it uses, I find, it uses the, uh, or the Super Nintendo's whole soundscape very well. So... And if you'd like to hear us go really, really in-depth on that, oh, right. you can listen to the episode where we spend an hour and a half talking about one song from Donkey Kong Country. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Is it the water song? Oh, no, but can, that's a good guess. We consider that. It's, it's the, uh, it's the Island first swing. song. Yeah. From, oh, okay. Yep. The classic. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, Jungle Japes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good song. That is a good song. So, I like Donkey Kong Country 2 soundtrack better, but... Interesting factoid about that first song. You know how it has, like, the, the first part, and then it goes into the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and then after that it kind of drops down to a quiet part. Um, mm-hmm. It was originally three separate songs that David Wise created as a demo reel for um, for Rare, and mm-hmm. um, then he just put them all together and turned it into the first level. Didn't he release those unrele- like as unreleased tracks at one point on his blog or something? He totally might have, yeah. That's I feel like I feel like I saw something about that somewhere years ago. Yeah. I I would believe it. I can't confirm it now, <laughs> but that doesn't sound too fantastical. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on here then to question number 4. What are some of the Super Nintendo's greatest musical strengths and weaknesses? Um, Christina, you got any? Um, I mean, I think its biggest strength is its ability to um, to get the the orchestral instrumentation across, even though it mm. has its technical limits. Yeah, that's I a good point. That. Uh, much more than something like the Genesis could do. Ex- exactly, which I think is why I'm more favorable towards the SNES than the Genesis. Mm, that makes oh. sense. I, I mean, for like RPGs, <laughs> that's why I think RPGs thrive so much musically. Exactly. The Genesis RPGs always sound like. A little bit too action-packed or a little bit off. Mm. Um, it, it did better for stuff like Fantasy Star, which were like these, you know, sci-fi RPGs. That right, did. right. But for, like, sweeping epic songs, I think exactly you can't beat the SNES. The Genesis had a very hard time sounding pretty. True. At, at, at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> the SNES kind of... It could, you know, it could mimic flutes, and it could, mm. it could use brass. See, well... Maybe a little too much. That's brass, actually but. an interesting reason of one reason I might uh, prefer the Genesis uh, myself is because I'd never grown up with the Super Nintendo, I'd already heard much better orchestral um, pieces in video game music in terms of technically hmm. getting across orchestras. Uh. Um, you know, I 
had the N64 and the GameCube to the point where I'd had live orchestral games like Shadow of the Colossus before I really went back that much. Um, Well, the Genesis has like this really punchy um, original sound to it that's just fun to listen to and isn't really trying to be something else that hard, which makes it kind of timeless in a certain way to me. Um, I think the thing you have to give credit to the SNES for, though, is um, it it's like the ditto of classic okay, video Pokemon game analogy. With- <laughs> <laughs> In yeah. the sense that, especially with its samples, especially if you have a master like David Wise using samples, mm-hmm. you can you can get just about anything on there. Yeah. You can get bongos, you can get mm-hmm. synth, you can get um, like organs, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you need. I think versatility is its number one strength. Um, it can do so many different things. Uh, I think that's absolutely a huge pro to it. I think just where I see the biggest con with it there, sometimes to me it sounds a little bit distant. Um, yeah. Or a little bit hollow compared to... A little flat. This. Sometimes it can sound flat if you're not using it well. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I, I think that the Super Nintendo's main advantage is that it can simulate actual instruments. And mm-hmm. it's like you said, that's why it does RPGs so well, because they need those big, you know, sweeping sounds. Uh Christina and I argue a lot about <laughs> Super Nintendo versus Genesis. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, like, the Genesis definitely had its strengths, and I think that it sounded great when it wasn't trying to mimic instruments. Yep, because, exactly. you know, you put those two consoles together, and Super Nintendo's just going to run circles around it. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it definitely did a wonderful job simulating real instruments and kind of making video game music sound like real music mm-hmm. for the first time yep. on consoles. So. Sure. That's a good point. Big thing does there. anyone does anyone else here feel though that in the hands of the inexperienced the the brass could just get out of hand oh, like the Super Nintendo uh, mm. too easily I feel like on the SNES mm. your trumpets your trumpets and your horns kind of get this very um, flat and uh, overly man I'm not even sure the word I don't want to say synthesized because everything kind of is <laughs> it's very well, horns are the hardest thing to do in. Mm. Uh, in any synthetic that's form. so, and I just feel like the SNES. Like, do you have an like, example? I honestly can't. Yeah, remember that's what something I'm trying to recall. That uses horns. I mean, I remember I, Donkey Kong. Um, I totally did have an example. I wish I could remember it now. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I totally. The Lord of the Rings actually kind of fell into that trap. I think because everyone knows that one. soundtrack. Um, <laughs> even to the even to the extent, I think a link to the past did a little bit. Mm. I think it it could sometimes lean on that too hard. Right. Um, but I I can't I can't back this up very well. But gotcha. I just tend well, to remember. I'll, I'll listen out for it. I mean, I totally yeah. believe it because horns are something that I can't. I very few synthetic horns sound right or sound good. Um, yeah, they can sound jarring sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that makes sense to me. Um, all right then. So moving on here to question number five. How do you think nostalgia affects your opinion of SNES music? And do you know what you'd think of it without nostalgic context? So I have an interesting perspective on this because, as I mentioned, I don't have a ton of nostalgia for the SNES at large. I have nostalgia yeah. for, like, two or three games that we used to, like, play. You know how hotels had Super Nintendo set up? <laughs> um, that's where I yeah. would get my Super Nintendo in, and it was, like, yep. always Mario World pretty much every time. So, like, that music, absolutely, I don't know if I could see it without nostalgia. Um, probably could have just bought a Super Nintendo for all of the money we had our parents spend <laughs> on renting Super Nintendo well, from Lakita <laughs> Inn. 
I remember now the reason that we went so long without owning one, which is Donkey Kong Country and Super Mario World were on the Game Boy Advance. Oh. Um, and we had a game. And then we player. got used to the inferior music quality. Exactly. And <laughs> forgot that it was that good. Yeah. So, so I don't have a ton of, um, I don't have a ton of soldier. Maybe that's part of the reason why I kind of have a, a, a less prestigious view of it than some people do. But like, what do you think, Joe? Uh, I mean, for me, it's not necessarily nostalgia because I've never like stopped playing old consoles. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I've, I've, I've never, I've never like packed them away, and to this right. day, like I'm still seeking out like new Super Nintendo games that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, I don't think that the nostalgia really comes into play because to me, just good game music is good game music, no matter how old it is. Um, I don't necessarily look at it as this isn't as good as what's happening today. It's you know these artists used different tools to you know make these great sounds absolutely I, I, honestly i think the the bigger problem i see more than people saying the uh, super nintendo music isn't good because it's old is you know when you see all these people saying game music is trash now and used to be so good and i'm just thinking like you don't you're not looking at this objectively person who's saying this like <laughs> this music is good in its own right but it's not just worse than modern music like there are there are give and takes and all of this uh so I think that's some people that kind of look through rose-tinted glasses to an extent. Yeah, yeah. nostalgia is a powerful, powerful influence. Absolutely. But I uh, think part of the reason people might say stuff like that is because mm-hmm. a lot of older games, the music was more melodious. That's absolutely whereas a lot true. of a lot of music nowadays is more on the ambient side of things. So that's, I think it just yep. doesn't stand out as much to people. In that a is. Lot of yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think. I think melody is coming back a lot because as games diversify, there are shovel nights, there are games True. that yeah. demand that sort of thing again. But I, I absolutely agree that like when you're just playing mainstream games and you remember playing Mario World and now you're playing Call of Duty, there's a you kind of think, man, what happened to music hmm. games? Yeah, Brian, I need to I need to interrupt you here. Okay, Joe and Christina, have you played Shovel Knight? Yes, we have. Yes. <laughs> Do you like Shovel Knight? I like Shovel Knight. It's fantastic. Really okay. hard. Just, but... just making sure. <laughs> yeah. no, I can't play it for too long because I, I get kind of mad because it is really hard. And but... you're a guy who plays retro games for like a living. <laughs> I'm <laughs> actually... Living. Okay, you're I'm, right. I'm kind of glad to hear you say that because I thought it was just me. <laughs> oh, it's really, really no, hard. And the thing is, it, it's not even like cheap difficulty. It's not like when they were designing, they're like, oh, we'll just make it hard because of oh, no. that's how old games where it's... It's that smart difficulty that yeah. a lot of games have back then. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, way forward, right? Yes. What? No. Well, no. no. Yeah, no. Yeah, games. Kind of. Kind of. Oh gosh. Dudes from way forward w- broke off and made right. yacht. Is it yacht games? Yacht okay. studios. Yacht club games. Oh. Yacht club. There you go. Mm. Um. So yeah. Has way? What has way forward come out with since that break off? Ducktales. Um, I'm trying to remember because I get the two mixed up. Like, what's way forward coming out with these days? Aren't they working um, on they, another Shantae? We're on two Shantae games. Oh, they're working on two yep. Shantae games. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, that was just a little tangent I was curious about. But they typically have pretty great music, partially because they got Jake Kaufman so often. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Several hundred times, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, that that is our views and nostalgia, which I think is pretty interesting. Question mm. number six. What's an underappreciated soundtrack from the Super Nintendo? Hmm. And no Donkey Kong Country this time. <laughs> oh, no. Donkey Kong Country 3? <laughs> Interesting fact about that one. I heard this on the Mercado Bros. 
David Wise was trying to port the soundtrack from Donkey Kong Country 3 to the Game Boy Advance. Um, he did not make the original one on the Super Nintendo. And he found it so difficult to get the original composer's sound on the Game Boy Advance, he just created his own soundtrack for the Game Boy. Oh, uh, no kidding. So there was a new David Wise soundtrack out with Donkey Kong Country 3 and the Game, uh, Game Boy Advance, which I had no idea about. Hmm. That's amazing. We need That's to buy both versions. And the yeah, idea that I he just... That's the GBA one. Yeah, I'd, I'd never realized that at all. Now I really want to check it out. But just the idea that he's so fast and good at composing music that he's like, huh, I can't seem to port this. Oh, well, I'll just make a whole new soundtrack. That'll be easier. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. It's pretty ridiculous. So, uh, Steven, you're not off the hook. Oh, man. But this is embarrassing. We all play mainstream only, games. Yeah, I only play, like, the flagship SNES title. I, like, I don't really, have an answer. It's crazy. We didn't own one until last year. Give me a break. I, I have, like, three answers. I can all right. Oh, good. Give me all your answers. <laughs> we don't know. Um, so one of them that I was going to say is uh, Evo, The Search for Eden, which is okay. a um, it's an Anix game. Um, and it's the same composer as Dragon Quest. It's Koichi Sugiyama, um, and it's it's a really beautiful soundtrack because the the whole point of the game is like uh, you start out as a fish and you go through like the different ages and evolve. Um, so it starts out with kind of like these creepy underwater tunes, and then it gets like upbeat when you're a little amphibian, and it just kind of carries on from there. It's worth checking out. Um, I, great. I don't see many people talk about that game. Is that very game often. Frog Fractions too. Is it what now? Frog Fractions 2. Have you heard of it? Okay, Steve won't get No, sorry. Okay. <laughs> For people no. who know Frog Fractions 2, they will... That they was will a understand. hilarious joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that sounds pretty neat. What were your other two? Um, the other one I was going to say is Illusion of Gaia, which is another Anix game. It's, this one's a, a action RPG. Um, I don't have a lot to say about that soundtrack, but it's really good. Um, uh, it's an action it's, RPG it's, Super Nintendo soundtrack. Yeah, um, it's got a lot of, like, epic, sweeping, loud mm. tunes that have a lot of, like, oomph to them, because, um, you know, it's primarily going through dungeons. Right. Um, oomph is a very technical music term. So you oomph, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Half-meter oomph's my That's favorite. <laughs> I had three. I forgot what the last... Oh, no. Um, the last one I was going to say was uh, The Twisted Tales of Spike McFang, which I actually just finished a replay of this week. Oh, wow, what is that? Is that like a platform about a dinosaur? Uh, no, it's actually <laughs> okay. about a little vampire prince um, trying to save the kingdom from, I don't know, this evil demon guy. The translation's kind of bad. It's uh, it's another action RPG. Um, it's, is that like it's Donkey a, Kong it's a cool Jr. Game. for Castlevania? Sounds like hmm? I said that sounds like the Donkey Kong Jr. premise for Castlevania. Oh, <laughs> now the vampire is going to save the day. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Huh. Um, it's it's more t- it's top down. It's not a side scroller. It's a top down kind of. You throw your hat and use your cape to to fight enemies off. Um, cool. It doesn't have a lot of music because it's a pretty short game. I ran through it in about five or six hours. Um, but the tunes that are in it are really catchy. Yeah, I really liked what I could hear when you were playing it. Yeah. That's right. That sounds really... That, sounds, that reminds me of, um... What was that game? Kid Dracula or something? Uh, yes. No idea. Death Jr.? Uh, that, well, that was exactly what you are talking about, Brian. Which oh, is really? like the, the, the Donkey Kong Jr. version of Castlevania. It the actually cute, is the that. Cute, the cute little Castlevania game. Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that actually existed. Huh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's neat. 
I did a backlog episode. Yeah, you oh, did. Yeah. See, I need to keep up with this show more. There you go. Right. See, I'm cheating. I'm desperately trying to look through backlog episodes to say, that's my underrated soundtrack. That's a good one. <laughs> How many backlog episodes are there now? Um, not counting special episodes, I'm working on 36 right now. Gotcha. And this is like, what's the release rate for those? At, like a, I try to do every two weeks, month? but okay. sometimes stuff happens. This one's going to be closer to three and a half, four maybe. Well, it is six games, so it's more yeah. like you did it in three-fourths of a week or something. So good on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this has been a big one, so I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. That's great. <laughs> But, uh, um, so I imagine you've come across a few obscure soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, my underrated one, I actually did an episode on it. Uh, it's right. uh, Tough Enough. Um, tough Enough, is that tough like... Tough Enough, T-U-F-F, and then capital E, N-U-F-F. Chuck E. Head. Yeah. One of my very first episodes is on that game. It's just it's a fighting game by Jalico. You know, I'm trying to catch it on the Street Fighter II craze. And it's a decent fighting game, but the soundtrack, it, it's 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 so good, it really has no business being in that game. I <laughs> Sometimes I do that. I play a game, and I'm like, wow, poor composer. Yeah. Um, no, the soundtrack is great. Uh, it's it's a very ambitious soundtrack for a fighting game, I think. Mm, um, how's that? Uh, it just uses like a lot of different instruments, and the songs aren't all necessarily what you would think would go in a fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um. Because they're they're not necessarily like you know big booming instruments and trying to you know increase the impact of the fighting. It's just they're they're really good tunes that you know they do get your blood pumping, but it's not necessarily using. I mean, I don't want to call them like cheap tricks, like you know big booming instruments, but uh-huh. not necessarily like the same uh, tropes that fighting game music uh, yeah. typically relies on. It makes sense. Um, so that reminds me, my underappreciated soundtrack that no one's heard of, Street Fighter Two. There you go. You may have not. <laughs> right, this game. I really like that guy, old guy with the French fries. On right, the yes. <laughs> All right, um, that's neat, Stephen. I, I think we're just gonna do with Christina's for this because. Um, <laughs> no, I, I is this an underrated game? Is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers an underrated game? I was game? thinking of that. Oh, one. That game has fabulous music. Like legitimately fist pumping awesome tracks yeah. on the sewer one is like my one of my favorites. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, I don't know. We own a Power Rangers game for the SNES. The, I don't the know. Movie. Power the movie. Yep. I actually didn't so, play that one. Was that the fighting game? There was a no, fighting the, game and a platformer based on the movie. Oh, okay. We got the platformer. What were you saying? Okay. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if we have a good soundtrack. We don't. Not, we really don't. Oh, I got oh, you the one. Yeah. <laughs> last birthday. That didn't go so well. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> didn't do my research. Uh, but no. Okay. I've got one. This one's going to surprise you all. Okay. Super Metroid. 
And I'm going to throw seven. <laughs> hey, let's throw a bone to the, the, the Lord of the Rings title. There you go. There you go. Listen to the title screen song of Lord of the Rings. Don't play the game. Just, I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah, we're going to look that yeah. up as soon as this is over. <laughs> Go to YouTube. It's actually a good song. Just no, I'm not joking. It's it's mature and medieval and quite beautiful. The game is just rubbish, but man, that soundtrack yeah. is yep. uh, good on the first on the first track. But other than that. Oh, I forgot about Young Merlin. That's another really good one. Ooh, that is a good one. Another backlog episode. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, this episode is brought to you by The Backlog <laughs> with Joe Walker. Yeah. Find a new old game to love. <laughs> I should be on the show more often. This is great promotion. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, question number seven. How awesome is The Backlog? Um, uh, very awesome. All right. Okay. Question number seven, part two. How do you think game music has changed in the transition from the NES to the SNES? Uh, yeah, we were talking about this over dinner. We were actually going over all these questions. <laughs> while we were oh, awesome. uh, Perfect. But uh, I think that it was, uh, I think a lot of composers were trying to make actual music and not just, you know, here's some, some bleeps and bloops to go in the background. Yep. Um, hey, that was my technical term. Well, yeah. Okay. Bleeps <laughs> and bloops. Copyright, Christina. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that it was more, I sense, you know, the Super Nintendo could emulate actual instruments so well i think that they uh i think a lot of composers try to make musical pieces that would stand on their own Mm -hmm. that would not just you know fit in the game world and you know uh kind of help set the mood there but to actually make music and not just you know quote unquote video game music i agree right it it helped them grow past just having basically one melody um and let them you know there were a lot more ambient tracks on the SNES, it was moving away from just always playing one catchy tune to, you know, where we are now. Um, so I think it was one of the biggest steps in that direction. Well, and Brian, you like that obscure soundtrack. You're a big fan of Super Metroid. <laughs> that, that was... The original Metroid tried to do this, but you can only, you know, do so much with, what, three channels, one of which might get cut out for items or whatever the right. NES had. Like, like, go to a shop in Final Fantasy... Exactly. exactly. You're DJing Um, music while you shop. (laughs) (laughs) And the the fun thing about that is you can make your own remix. Exactly. Um, But like Super Metroid, like, you know, it created not just a melody, but an atmosphere. It was like almost half and half with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like as as those um, as the technology opened up, you you could stop guessing quite so much as to what genre the composer was going for. Like, you can listen to Mega Man. That's some of the very best, most evocative music on the NES. But you're still kind of saying, I think he's trying to be, like, a, a rock band, I think. I don't think it's orchestral. <laughs> but on the SNES, you know, with especially with samples, they were able to get close enough to that. So you're like, yes, Plock is definitely blues. I understand this. <laughs> What gave it away? The harmonica? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, you couldn't do a harmonica on an NES. No. <laughs> like, the original Legend of Zelda tried to do a flute, and you kind of got dee 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 It's like, all right, that's, yeah, that's, that's a flute. I'll buy that. <laughs> no, on that topic, wouldn't a harmonica that looks like an NES cartridge be awesome? Because it's like yes! blowing on the connector. 
That <laughs> would be awesome. That would be cool. Brian, you should open up a new Etsy account. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I'll get right on that. I'm sure, it'll be <laughs> lucrative. Um, but yeah, those are those are some great points. I think um, I think it was really a huge transition. Like, I don't know if the I don't think the N sixty four was nearly as big of a musical transition from the Super Nintendo as the Super Nintendo was from the NES. No, definitely not. No, it, it couldn't be because its competitors were both CD based. CD based. That was the yep. big transition. And you know, then they're still using cartridges, and they just didn't have the room to to you know make music that could grow the way the rest of the industry was. Yep, that's always an interesting discussion: is whether it, how much it hurt the Nintendo sixty four going cartridge. Uh, and I mean, there's some fantastic soundtracks on the Nintendo sixty four. Oh but, yes, you know, mm-hmm. they, those were people like Koji Kondo who really knew what they were doing. Or right. Kurt Cobain. Or Grant Kirkhope, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. One of those two. Or whoever the heck did... Chameleon Twist. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably Jake Kaufman under an alias. Probably so. Um, you know, I, I wonder what would have happened to, say, Ocarina of Time hmm. if it had been on a CD. Oh, man. Like, I wonder... Are if you it, sa- it would have been the Wand of Gamelon or whatever, right? <laughs> it would not have. No, it would not have, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, do you think Koji Kondo would have, like, chosen different melodies or, done, mm-hmm. you know, made longer, more complete songs? Like, I, I, no, I have no idea. Just wasn't horribly different. Um, but yeah, a lot of that he, was... He's pretty much kept uh, to the same sorts of things, I think, since... That's a good point. But, I mean, it is an <laughs> interesting question, Stephen, if he's kind of kept to that because he's emulating uh, Ocarina of Time at this point. I wonder if he had that huge jump in technology between the Super Nintendo and the PlayStation if he'd think it's time to redefine what hmm. the music is. I mean, who can say? Mm-hmm. But he has kept consistent. If only we had an Ocarina of Time and could find out for ourselves. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that would help very much, but okay. Maybe we can get Koji Kondo on the show. But an Ocarina of Time would probably be more likely. Yeah. Um, let, let, let's move on here to question number eight. What have you been working on, a.k.a. plug your projects? Joe. Well, I know Joe's been working on the backlog. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, right? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the next one. Um, I'm not sure when this, when this episode is going to be coming out, but my episode is going to be up uh, Monday at 4 p.m. on RetroWayTV.com. So, Monday. Okay. Well, so I don't know what date that is. This is, coming up out, this is going to come out on Saturday, so it's not going to be out yet. Okay, good. So, yeah. August 4th. Correct? August 4th, yes. All right. Yeah. August 4th, 2014. There you go. Uh, very rad. And sounds like you put a whole lot of effort into that one. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot. So I'm kind of looking forward to putting a bow on it and getting it behind <laughs> me. <laughs> I know the feeling, my friend. Um, what? Uh, it's six Dragon Ball Z games. Like, is it from a specific console or from what's like your parameters for that? Well, the the first episode I did was just about the uh, Super Butoden series on the Super Famicom, which was a trilogy okay. of fighting games. And then everyone was like, oh, you should talk about more Dragon Ball. How come you didn't talk about this game? How come you didn't talk about this game? <laughs> so I just got the rest of hey, the Joe, six. Yeah. How come you didn't talk about this game? Well, <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't part of the Super Butoden series. But, All right. Um, so I got the rest of the 16 and 32-bit fighting games. So, cool. you know, Mega Drive, Super Famicom, Saturn, PlayStation. Wow. Yeah. So going up to like PlayStation, not Xbox, PS2. I don't know. Did they right. It's, it's uh, the last one I'm talking about chronologically is uh, Final Bout, which was actually the first Dragon Ball game officially released in America. Oh, okay. 
And then it was also the uh, last Dragon Ball game that was released until, I think it was 2002 or 2003, until like the Budokai series started, and then we've had a new game every year. Yeah. So it's just kind of up until that few-year lull where there was just nothing. So are these hard to get your hands on, or are they pretty easy to import? No, they're actually really easy to import. Um, like the Saturn and PlayStation games, you can import them now for like 10 bucks. So Nice. Yeah, are they they're good? Oh. Wait for the backlog? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I don't talk about bad games, so th- okay. they are very good. And cool. they, you kind of need to be a fan to appreciate them today, I think, but they, they still mm-hmm. hold up. Neat. All right, then. Uh, Steven, or Christina, what have you been working on? Um, well, oh. I've been roped into helping with this episode for a start. <laughs> um, nice. So I'm I'm going to have some contributions that, that will be in that. Of the artistic nature. Of the artistic nature. Oh, um, awesome. I... Also, what else have I been up to? I'm still working. I still have my figure review show, Go Figure. It doesn't come out very often, but it is there. I have another one that's sort of almost done that I'm going to get back to work on after I'm done helping Joe with his massive undertaking. You just need to get him to help you on that now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Joe, hold this camera. (laughs) It's only fair. Yeah, that's about it. Cool. Awesome. We, we very rarely add figures to our collection, mm-hmm. um, just because I, we have enough hobbies to spend a lot of money yeah, on that, I guess. It's, it's an expensive hobby. <laughs> but the one, the one I just can't wait to open is the one that comes with the collector's edition for World of Warcraft, Mists of Pandaria. Oh, right, the Brewmaster. It's oh. giant chin Stormstout Pandaran Brewmaster. It's just glorious, and we've been keeping it in its box uh-huh. until we play through that expansion. It's oh, pretty cool. neat. I, I was so excited about up a uh, little plush doll, uh, which is L from Death Note. Uh, oh, cute. And he is amazing <laughs> as a plushie, so it is um, Amazon just linked that to me and recommended stuff, and it's like, buy this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I will do as you say, Amazon. Prime shipping? Okay, awesome. In two days. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, what have we been working on? Steven, lots of stuff. Correct? Um, oh, yes. You've been working on the uh, musical masterpiece that I got for my birthday, which yep. we're going to put on the YouTube channel soon. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's really been focused on Train Station at 8. Um, yeah. It's kind of been our big project. We have some other ones still going for it. a Facebook page up, YouTube channel. Oh, man, that's a really good point. Yeah, Train Station is now on Facebook and on YouTube. Neat. Um, so far, YouTube is just the episodes, but... Hey, if you like listening to episodes there, that's good for you. Um, <laughs> and Facebook, I actually have some pretty interesting ideas for that, if we can get it to work. But cool. most of all, I'm hoping Facebook will be a place This idea is where, not a personality quiz, is it? Um, nay, it is not a personality <laughs> quiz. Not yet. Um, I'm hoping... To, Which host are you more like? And we're almost exactly <laughs> like each other, so good luck. Well, the whole question will be, can you tell Stephen and Brian apart? Yes, no. <laughs> yeah, so, so what uh, else? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So Facebook, um, train station, and right. I think that's kind of it. Then we have more projects kind of in the works, which might be coming out yeah, in the next we've month been or so. Recording a new podcast, but working on getting a backlog. We up. sure have. Um, yeah, that's kind of been it. Go to whalesorwales dot com to find all that stuff and more. Yeah, and uh, you can find us now on Facebook at Train Station at eight. Um, just what would you search for that? I don't know Facebook, Stephen. It's Facebook slash Train Station 8, probably, but... (laughs) (laughs) Google it. I'm sure it'll come up. 
Uh, we're Transition to 8 on Twitter. Our website, we are on whalesorwhales.com slash Transition to 8, or you'll just see us there on the front page of whalesorwhales.com. If you want to email us, we're Transition to 8 at gmail.com. And personally on Twitter, I am Lord Meldor, and Stephen is Stephen Kelly 180. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Joe and Christina? Uh, I am on Twitter, at uh, SpaceKappa. And my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash pkblogging. That's a great name. Yeah, I, I used to do a gaming blog that kind of morphed into the show now, so yeah. the name still still exists. <laughs> That's really rad. I like that name. What about you, Christina? Um, I am on Twitter at, uh, at Lady Starstorm, all one word. Um, and I am trying to remember what my YouTube URL is because I don't know it offhand. <laughs> well, clearly we are here at Transition are very prepared to give you our URL. We're never Facebook account. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a link to her is on mine, so you just Perfect. go to mine. There oh, right. Yeah. Joe, I see. How and it is. then hers is right there on recommended channels. Yeah, I think it's Lady Starstorm, but it might not work. I don't know. Cool. YouTube got confusing when they got taken over by Google. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't awesome. use YouTube too often yet, but we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, so thank you, both of you, for coming. That was great. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, it was always a good time. Thank you, Stephen, for showing up yet again. You're <laughs> very, very welcome. <laughs> I try to make a habit of it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been Transition 8. Check out uh, Whales Are Whales for this show and shows like this with people like us. Uh, and I want to do one more little mention uh, to to um, iTunes for starters. Right. Go look us up there. Mm-hmm. Subscribe. Never miss an episode. And leave us a nice little review, and we'd be so super happy. Absolutely. Um, and definitely check out Facebook. I was joking about, joking about it before. I don't understand Facebook. It's scary and possibly evil. But <laughs> I really think we're going to have some cool stuff popping up over there. So please check it out. Maybe, I don't know, like it or whatever. And... Uh, yeah. Whatever you do on Facebook, we want you to be there every moment. <laughs> I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. I'm going to like it right now. Wow. Yes. See, be like Joe. Joe should be your example of a good human being. Um, speaking Life of Joe. Officially by the back. Uh, yeah, on Whales or Whales, be sure to check out our friends page. We have a lot of people up there by now. Mercado Bros. Uh, the backlog is up on there. And just uh, other people that we think you should definitely check out, but who aren't mm-hmm. a part of Whales or Whales. And with that, uh, thanks, everyone. This has been Transition 8, Episode 20. And don't forget to say goodbye to the monkey porter. Hello, we've... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>